The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We are live, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. We're live following a memorable UFC 285 event still in New York City. I have pretty much a capacity crowd around me. So if you hear background noise, it's because people want to talk, hear me talk about UFC 285. That's not true. But we do have two brand new champions and John Jones and Alexa Grasso. An incredible main card. So many storylines heading in. So many storylines heading out. Many questions were answered. A lot more conversation to be had after this card. And we'll have some good conversation right now from a matchmaking perspective because that's what the show is all about. But I am Mike Heck, hanging on by a thread with The Voice. And that, right next to me, is my best friend, ladies and gentlemen, Alexander Kaylee. How are you, AK? Did you enjoy the card last night? I enjoyed the card last night. I enjoyed Celtic FC beating St. Mirren 5-1 this morning. 7 a.m. this morning, I woke up to watch Celtic FC take care of business. My Canadian boy, Alistair Johnson, almost getting his first goal. It's coming. He's got, he caused an own goal. It's the same thing. Uh, yes, last night's card was entertaining. It's, it's almost everything we could have hoped for from an action standpoint, from a storyline standpoint. Uh, one one big you know reason I gave the card a ten out of ten as far as degree of difficulty. Not necessarily strength of lineup and degree of difficulty are not the same thing, but te- it was a ten out of ten because a lot of stuff. I said there's a lot of potential for weirdness, and for the most part, we got that out of the way early on the card. Shout out to uh, the world's most dangerous man, Cameron Simon. And after that, it was just like good, entertaining fights, uh, definitive finishes. We uh, two two very very memorable championship bouts, probably for different re- for different reasons. Uh, so we really can't I really can't complain as 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 a fan of MMA. I certainly can't complain. Um, 
people know I, I, I I'm sure there are people thinking I, I might be sour that John Jones won. I've said many times I'm not a fan of the man personally. But again, when I watch fighting, I don't really have favorites. There's certainly fighters I like. I, I mean, I really like Cito Gunn. But uh, I, I'm just focusing on the result, focusing on the performance. And uh, John Jones's comeback could not have been more impressive. Uh, and we'll be talking about that for, for, for a long... I feel like by the end of the year, depending if John Jones fights whoever he fights next, we'll talk about that. But whoever he fights next, how many times he fights in 2023, man, he's already off to an early start as like, you know, fighter of the year. Uh, people wait to see the ranking show. We're going to have some discussion. Where does he Where does he sit in the heavyweight rankings right now? Where does he sit in the, of course, more almost more importantly, the pound for pound rankings? Uh, there's, uh, there's uh, this is just the main event I'm talking about too. We could go fight by fight by fight, Mike, and probably have two or three things to say about probably the top nine, ten, eleven fights, and twelve even. Really, almost every fight. I actually, I, I think every fight um, has has a little uh, has a bit of spice to it. So, uh, yeah, great card. You know, not not a ten out of ten on delivery, but uh, I, I mean, that's what nine point five, nine point six. It pretty much you know nailed. N- triple lindy in the air nails the dismount and uh i think everyone who paid if you only you know if you're one of those people you're only paying for you know a certain amount of cards a year and this is the one this is the one you picked you're very very happy with your purchase i would agree i mean there's just so many people down here it's absolutely insane right now uh so here's how this is going to work because it is very chaotic uh we're going to talk about specific fights if you have matchmaking suggestions for the specific main card fights that we're talking about throw them in the in the chat We'll chuck them up on screen. We'll get your thoughts on it, and we'll do that fight by fight down towards the stretch. We'll do our wild card picks, and then we're going to open it up for the last 10 or 15 minutes or so for you guys to just spam a bunch of matchmaking ideas from either main card fighters who we didn't matchmake for or prelim winners, however we're going to do it, and then we'll just have a little bit of a free-for-all at the end. But John Jones is the heavyweight champion of the world, AK. He made it look so easy. He submits Cyril Gon in just over two minutes. First takedown, that led to another takedown. One submission attempt led to another submission attempt. And then that was it. Immediate tap. John Jones is the champion. Two minutes and four seconds. He is back, and now it appears he has done our job for us. He is on a collision course with Stipe Miocic in July. Is that what you believe happens here? Can I talk about John Jones's performance again a little bit more, Mike? Of course. Is that, is that okay? Of course it uh, is. You know what? You know what this fight reminded me of. I thought about it. I, you know, when we're on 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 fight nights, we're pretty frantic. We're, you know, it's not really time to make proper takes or put things to perspective. Mike, this fight reminded me so much. Do, do you know what I'm going to say? Do you know? Let me ask you. Did this fight remind you of anything? Did this fight remind me of anything? Mm-hmm. Um, like the way, like the way it played out, uh, uh, just like like moment by moment. Um, nothing like really came to mind as I was watching it. The co-main event, I had a, I had more of a, of a perspective of a fighter reminded me of, but I'll talk mm-hmm. about that later if you'd like. But uh, what were you thinking, and maybe try to persuade me into your line of thought? So the official time for the stoppage was uh, two minutes and four seconds into the first round. Oh, sorry, two minutes. Yes, two minutes and four. The fight it reminded me of was two minutes and fourteen seconds into the first round, also ending in a rear naked choke. Uh, Mike, this was supposed to be. A huge test for John Jones coming back from three years away, moving up to heavyweight against a guy who is we can all agree is one of the three best heavyweights in the world. Maybe not after after Saturday. I know there's a lot of people that are down on Seattle, but I still think Seattle's great. I think that John Jones is just so much better, uh, especially at least on, on fight night. 
this fight was not was not you know the, the Titanic clash was built to be. It was more like Mickey Gall versus CM Punk. If you remember that, there was it was pretty much like this. Uh, uh, CM Punk throws one punch, a wild haymaker that doesn't come close. Mickey Gall scouts it easily, takes him down, pummels him. I, I don't even remember that fight lasting two minutes, but I've just I had to look at check look at it now. Uh, pummels him and then finishes with a rear naked choke, and. That's not a comparison that should be made when we're talking about John Jones versus Gunn. But that is how easy John Jones made it look. Is he made he made Gunn look like CM Punk? That is like, uh, sorry, it's a different choke, rear naked choke, guillotine choke. He made him look like CM Punk. That is like the greatest compliment and maybe the biggest insult I can make uh, uh, to Cyril. But it, it was like that. It was it was one kind of not great shot. People, the, the replay is going around, obviously circling on social media like crazy. Not Silogon's best strike. I'm sure when he watches what he threw, he's just gonna be like, "What the hell was I doing?" Um, but it's also, excuse me, guys. It's also to uh, John Jones' credit. We talk about his defensive skills all the time. He's one of the best defensive fighters ever, maybe the best defensive fighter ever. And it's almost like not only does he have gone scouted, but his reflexes are just incredible. One minute his head's there, one minute it's not. He's changing levels. He's going for a takedown. It's an it's an unbelievable transition. Uh, and again, this is a guy who has not fought in three years. And for those instincts to still be so sharp is just truly terrifying. Does, 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 does that make sense, Mike? I didn't see that coming. Okay. I did not see that coming. But I but I appreciate what you had to say there. Yeah. People are saying in the comments, "CM gone." I'm listen. I, I'm telling you, I like Cito. I, I I like. I'm such a fan. I I said it on Twitter after. I loved how he handled himself in the loss. I love how he handles himself in wins. If this were if this were a who who would I like to hang out with more contests? It'd be Cito gone a hundred times more than John Jones any day of the week. But this isn't unfortunately. This isn't a who's the nicest guy contest. It's not who's you know who's who's the classiest person. It's who's a better fighter. And John Jones looked again just looked unbelievably good. Um. So for him, uh, I'm I'm kind of just going with company lines here, Mike. I I, I was, uh, and this will be a trend I think with most of my picks for this card. Uh, it looked Stephen Miocic said on or, uh, in an interview with DC, I'm getting the next title shot. Dana, uh, Dana White confirmed that the very next day. Dana White repeated it on Saturday, said we're never seeing France again. Stipe's next. Not in, maybe not International Fight Week, but that is that sort of the targeted time. But it could be later. Uh, but yeah, I <clears throat> there, there's other ways you go. There's other deserving heavyweights uh, who, who should get a title shot for sure. But this fight makes a lot of sense star power wise, legacy wise. It's another one of those fights that have been talked about for a long time with John Jones moving to heavyweight. So, uh, yeah, UFC, if that's what you're doing, Jones Stipe just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I just don't think there's any other way to go. Uh, Cyril just looked super nervous when he came out. When he fought Derek Lewis, like he just had fun with it all. He had fun getting booed, all of it. Uh, he kind of trolled the Houston crowd. It was just loose as a goose all week. And I thought this was kind of an advantage for Cyril because he just flew under the radar for this entire week. This is the John Jones show, and Cyril was just kind of riding shotgun on it. And, I mean, you could tell the second he, he made the walk to the octagon that he was like, oh, boy, this is a, a different fight altogether. But we're going to get John's ver- Jones versus Stipe probably in July. Um, be a massive fight. And... I am heavily favoring John Jones to win. I believe the the opening lines already have Jones as a minus 300 or something like that. And I feel like that line uh, could be much more hot, like much higher uh, in the Jones factor by the time they make to walk to the octagon. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And and Stipe hasn't fought in a long time either. It's been almost two years since he's fought. So he's going to be coming in off a long layoff as well. But for Cyril Gane, AK, 
that's where things get interesting because whether this yes you I was gonna say I was gonna say I still think uh is a decent challenge for John Jones uh but again just because he can wrestle right we know Stipe can wrestle that's so that he's not gonna it's not gonna happen to him what happened to God though maybe it will just because again Jones is wrestling and offense and defense just on another level but um also just the athleticism and like you said Stipe also coming off a long gap how many high level performances does he have left I don't know um but athleticism matters and and uh, John Jones has always been one of the most athletic fighters we've ever seen uh in MMA he's what happens when you have a guy I mean look at his brothers his brothers played in the NFL you know when you have a guy with those genetics and then you you have him mix the martial arts at the level that he can that he's capable of uh the results are gonna be pretty good so I yeah minus 300 is low right now if you're if so if, if you're able to bet on that now people I say get that minus 300 while you can because it's gonna go I think minus 400 minus 450 even higher by the time that fight ha- actually happens yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, if, if John does run him over, what will John say? Will he call Francis out? If so, will the UFC make one more attempt to try to make that fight? Because I just don't know what else is going to get John up to, to get ready for a fight. Like, Stipe is obviously one that'll get up for because Stipe is considered the greatest UFC heavyweight in a lot of people's eyes because he has the most title defenses and the longest reign. So, this one means something to John and his legacy. He understands the weight of this fight. But after that, like, I just don't know. If, Curtis Blades will get him excited. I don't think Sergey Pavlovich is going to get him excited. I don't know if like the Romanovs of the world, the Jailton Almeida's are going to get him excited, but maybe they take one more shot at Francis. I don't know, but Zero Gone's interesting. And I was thinking about it and I didn't really know how to do it. And then like all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, oh, this is so obvious. And a lot of people have commented on this already. Uh, whether this fight happens in Paris or maybe the UFC makes a second trip to the UK and maybe this is a tough one to come back to, but I think Tommy Espinel, Tommy Espinel, when he is ready to return, that's probably the fight in my eyes because, and I don't know, like if you want to start Tommy a little bit slower, I get it, but I would pick Tommy Espinel to win that fight right now. So I could certainly see that being the direction the UFC goes. Cause it's kind of a win-win either Cyril bounces back, still got a good future ahead of him. And even if he loses to Tommy Aspinall, he's he's not like out of it altogether because he's still pretty young, still a little green, still has a little more mileage left to go. But if Tommy Aspinall has a big moment and beats Cyril Gaon, he's ready, man. And he, he shoots up the ladder real quick. So that's my pick. Main event of, of, a, of a fight night card, whether it's in Paris or in London, that's what I'm going with. Are you with me? Are we having a friends for a moment right now? No, I, I went with the more obvious uh, Curtis Blades, Sergey Pavlovich winner. It's going down April 22nd. Sergey weighed in uh, as an alternate for Friday, uh, not Friday, excuse me, for Saturday's fight. And, uh, you know, so he's obviously right there in the mix. Curtis Blades, I want to believe he's in there in the in the mix with a win over Sergey, but it's hard to say because he's Curtis Blades and he's him and Benil Dariush and uh i don't know arnold allen like these are guys that's just uh, a bala muhammad i don't know i don't know how many wins it's going to take uh for these guys but but if you're sergey at least you know you were under consider you're literally one banana peel slip away from fighting for the UFC title so you're you're mate you're in there and and again for curtis blades he deserves a title shot i mean he deserves it without fighting sergey pavlovich but he's got to do what he's got to do so i went the obvious way tom absolut would have been my second choice for sure um that's as i was going down the rankings that's sort of the name that wasn't booked that that i that i stopped on uh he's yeah we're assuming he's ready to come back soon gone is a super super tough fight but i think uh yeah i don't think a loss sends either guy too far back they're both pretty young for heavyweights and win or lose again if, if they want to and they can stay healthy those are guys who they're going to compete 
continue competing for the next like five or six years. And it's heavyweight. They could compete for another decade if they wanted to. Uh, not, not necessarily in the UFC, but, uh, but somewhere. Sorry, I, I see a lot of people saying like Stipe doesn't deserve it. Um, so what? When is that? that? Yeah. Again, that. again, what, when does that matter? This yeah, is we don't use the word deserve the around here. We it's the biggest the fight for John. I, if you can't get Francis, this is the biggest fight that they can make right now for John Jones is the Stipe fight. It just is. So th- there is no deserves. Where we're living in a world where if Leon Edwards beats Kamara Usman in 13 days and Jorge Mazadal beats Gilbert Burns a couple weeks after that, Jorge Mazadal is going to fight for the, for the welterweight title. And we're going to, people are just going to go bananas about this. Uh, so I'm telling you, don't worry about the word deserves. UFC's trying to make money. They've done very well with this formula. That's why Steve Bay's getting this fight. So there you go. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, AK Alexa Grasso. She shocked a lot of people. And hand up, I was dead wrong about this fight. I was pretty spot on with a lot of things that did happen on this card, but this was one of my worst takes on a fight maybe ever. I don't know if I'll ever have a worse take and a worse read on this fight uh, on any other fight more than this one. Alexa Grasso is the champion. I was incredibly wrong. Stubborn Mike, Boston Mike doesn't admit that he's wrong all that often, but I'm admitting that I'm wrong here. You guys got receipts for days about this. 
goes out, submits Valentina Shevchenko. This one, we talked about this on the post-fight show. Valentina, all three judges' scorecards. She's up 29-28. I thought she was winning round four before the, and we were talking about fight comparisons, the Chris Weidman-esque moments where she threw the spinning kick and Alexa Grasso somehow, some way, was ready for that moment to happen. And she jumped all over it. Quick as a cat, onto the back. Wasn't even really like a rear naked choke. It was like a just a jaw crusher. Like, it was just, those pictures, man, are just so gnarly of Valentina's face all red. But, like, right on the jawline, it's just all white. Like, it's it's absolutely insane. It was like a upside-down strawberry blooming in the spring (laughs) like it was just crazy to look at but man alexa grasso is the champion this one seems kind of obvious ak but uh are are we going right back to this we go an immediate rematch or in your eyes will alexa grasso's first title defense be against aaron blanchfield mike i think i think we can queue up the band i think we're both calling for an immediate rematch one two three quick friends Friends forever. forever okay Yes, listen. I, I, it's it's a small one because this is this is the obvious pick. Uh, some people are against immediate rematches in general. I know Jed Mishu has a policy; just just can't stand to see them. But I, I'm I'm with the mindset: if you defend your title four, five, six, seven times in a row, and and you're constantly being talked about as one of the pound for pound best, one of the greatest fighters of all time, you're probably you you should merit a rematch if you want it. Uh, should you lose your title and this and this was a competitive fight this 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 fits all the criteria for why there should be a rematch i think it's i think it's marketable i think it helps both fighters if grasso beats shevchenko again i mean let this launch certain to the stratosphere especially if the fight happens in mexico city if you're shevchenko i mean it's obvious you get you get another shot at your belt you get a chance to sort of erase this loss um you, you you get to answer sort of all these questions about oh is she is she is she past her prime is she washed up is she just burnt out um so there's there's just so uh, and again the fight was the fight was great it was uh if people didn't see the official scorecards it was 29 28 Shevchenko going into the fourth round I think if obviously if Grasso even if she if she had been able to get the choke attempt in but not finish it duh I still think Shevchenko would have won that round. I don't think the the ground fighting at the end was enough for Grasso to take it. I think Shevchenko had done enough damage on the feet in that round. I'll have to watch it again. But at the very worst, it would have been tied uh, 38-38 going into round five, and then it would have been up for grabs. So super competitive fight. So we have we have a, a longstanding champion. We have a, ch- a challenger who still needs to prove herself or would love to prove herself again against said champion. And we have a fight that was competitive and you can imagine would be competitive again if you book them. So... It just makes too much sense not to do it. Uh, Mike, I will ask, um, so much of the narrative for me into 285 revolved around whether John Jones, his struggles against, you know, Anthony, not struggles, his sort of just forgettable performances against Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, uh, was because of disinterest or decline. I don't think I don't think we can ask the question of disinterest for Valentina, but do we think she is declining? She has been in this game for a long time. Sheen mentioned 20 years in the business. Started fighting like professionally when she was like 14 years old. And at, at some point, the fighting, the training, just the, the the cycle of this has to take its toll on you. So she turned, she turns, she's gonna turn 35 in a few days. Uh is do we think do we think she is that there is a decline? The Tala Santos, you know, very close fight, and of course not a loss on Saturday. Is this a, is this a sign? Yeah, because one is a fluke and two is a trend. And she's been off 
the last two fights. So, yeah, I, look, it, it, Valentina, even without – Jed likes to, to use the baseball references, but even Valentina without her fastball can beat pretty much anybody in this division. But what I learned probably the most from last night was that Aaron Blanchfield probably has a very good time against Valentina Shevchenko. She probably does very well. And, yeah, there's – I mean, 20 years – like if you listen to the post fight show, Shaheen ran off like a list of names that Valentina Shevchenko made her MMA debut before, and that included names like Roxanne Modafferi, which is just insane to think about. There were so many, and then Jed was adding other names like Shogun made his MMA debut like four months before Valentina made hers. Like just some of the names that Valentina has debuted before is just insane. Jessica Penne was on this card. She's a, we consider, I think, one of the pioneers of women's MMA in, in America. She started fighting in 2006. Valentina was fighting three years before her, before Jessica Penne. It's just absolutely insane. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely father and mother time are undefeated for a reason. And look, Valentina. She can do very well being like a Greg Maddox type fighter. Sometimes you don't have your fastball. Sometimes you're not throwing 95 anymore, but you can be very effective throwing 88 and painting those corners. And Valentina can still compete. I, like I said, I thought she was, it was round four is close. I thought Valentina was winning the round mm. until that spin kick missed. So had she not thrown that spin kick, she could have been heading into round five up three rounds to one. And we're not even having this conversation right now. But that's why you, you have the fights. And I was just super impressed with Lex DeGrasse's physicality. That was the X factor for me. I thought Valentina's just pure, raw physical abilities were going to be a little bit too much. And the stylistic matchup is still tough for Alexa Grasso. Like, I still think in the rematch, I'm still going to have questions about the stylistic matchup. But Alexa proved me wrong, proved a lot of people wrong. She is evolving. Uh, and she is living up to the potential that a lot of people had for her. Early on, I know Dana White threw out uh, the Mexican Ronda Rousey in comparisons to Alexa Grasso. And yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. Look, man, I know we're in New York. We got to do a show. I'm in a hotel lobby with like 150 people. This is where we're at. This is how we got to do it. I apologize. I wish we could oh, do it better. Someone someone remind me. I forgot to mention there, there is a poll. I mean, people can see it. But uh, yes, uh, remind me. I'm sorry. I did do a poll. Who was the biggest winner of UC 285? Uh, John Jones, Alexa Grasso. I threw Shavkat in there for another option and also just other. So, you know, there's again, there was a lot of big winners, a lot of big winners on Saturday. So uh, maybe you thought it wasn't Jones or Grasso. I don't know. So that's why I threw Shavkat in that option there. But of course, John Jones ahead right now, 58%. I, th I actually thought it'd be closer with Grasso. Thought it'd be closer. Grasso with 38%. I would, I mean, look, it's not going to happen, but I would like to see Aaron Blanchfield get the title shot. I would like to see Okay. It. Is that your um, official pick? No, it's not. Oh, it's going to be the. It, it, it's going to be the. It's going to be the rematch. Okay. Um, I will say there is a chance that, like, it might not happen next. It's all on Valentina. Like, if Valentina wants to fight, like, this summer, uh, if they go to Mexico City, they're going to offer Valentina that fight. Uh, if she takes it, great. If not, then Aaron Blanchfield's going to Mexico City to fight for the belt. But Alexa Grasso, like, if they go to Mexico City, Alexa Grasso is defending her title on that card, whether it's against Valentina. Or Aaron Blanchfield, I think Valentina is not going to be one that's going to be like, oh, I need to reflect and take nine months, ten months off. I think that she's going to be hungry to get back in there and try to get that belt back. So, yeah, that's this win was huge. And if Mexico City and going there this year was kind of on the fence, Alex Grasso pushed it into the other yard. They're in the neighbor's backyard right now. They're going to Mexico City, and it's going to be a massive car. Could have three title fights in that card.
could have Volk versus Yair unification bout. We could do both flyweight titles on the line. Like that has potentially be an absolutely massive card. So what a performance from from Alexa Grasso. I, uh, I hope they don't do the three title fights, and I don't think I don't know if they will. It'd be cool, but I think I think you say you can save. Because I'm thinking it'd be it'd be just two out of three. I think one of the other fights gets saved for another card. It would be amazing if somehow the, the stars could align, but I think two out of three is going to be more likely. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch upon was oh my gosh, my my mind just went blank. Mike, we were talking about uh, Grasso. Uh, just you know what, come back. Jed, you know, come back. Jed losing all his money. I don't want to. We don't. We don't. We definitely don't need to talk about that. <laughs> as as not, we did not need to mention that. Uh, no, I, I just totally blanked. It's okay. We can, we can, we can move on. I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll, it'll come back to me. Shafkat Rachmanov, AK. I, you tweeted up a storm about this man. He is who we thought he was. Good Lord. What a freaking scrap he had with Jeff Neal. I told everybody that, that, that listened to the sound of my voice that I was picking Shafkat to win, but to think that he was just going to go over that, go in there and steamroll Jeff Neal, it, I just didn't see it happening. I thought the line was too wide, and while I was, I had a horrible read on the Shevchenko Grasso fight. I had a pretty good read on this one, and just Shavkat just chucking in a bulldog choke, standing, just just brute strength, and just eh, we don't need technique. We're just going to muscle you into a submission. That was just absolutely insane. Absolutely, I can't get that moment out of my mind where he just bulldog chokes, the tap happens, and then he just kind of lets him go, and he just collapses, and Jeff Neal just kind of like collapses to the floor. Then he calls out Colby, or he wants a title shot. I don't think he gets either of those things, AK. So this is kind of a tough one for me um, because without having the ability to see into the future and see the result of the title fight of UFC 286 between Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman, I don't really know where to go with this. So this is kind of cheating, but this is where we're at. Because the way I see it, if Usman wins this fight, they're not going to do it again. They're not going to run it back again. Maybe they'll run it back in the future, but it's not something they'll immediately go back to. If Usman wins, I think Bilal Muhammad probably will get the next shot at the title. But if Leon Edwards wins, I think Bilal Muhammad's going to have to fight Shafkar Rachmanov, and that is brutal. And... The unfortunate thing for another fighter on this roster is if Leon Edwards loses to Kamara Usman, I think Leon Edwards is going to have to fight Shafkar Rachmanov. So the way I see it, Usman wins. Bilal probably gets a title shot. If Edwards wins, I don't think Bilal gets a title shot. He's probably going to have to fight Shafkat. So it's kind of cheating, but my pick is Shafkat's either going to fight Bilal Muhammad or he's going to fight Leon Edwards. And okay. those are my two choices. I will I, I will forfeit any potential no sure. points, but... Without knowing what happens in 13 days, I can't land on one specific thing. And it's, I can't, I don't have a great read on the main event just yet uh, with the fight being 13 days away. So, um, Shafkat Bilal or Shafkat Leon, that's where we're going. What do you got? Yeah, this, this is a quasi friends forever because I also went with Bilal. But you're right. It's, it, there's so many things that have to play out at 170 because you mentioned, uh, I mean, look, is it possible that for Bilal, uh, sorry, who's going to win? First and foremost, who's going to win UFC 286? Usman Edwards trilogy bout. Uh, Burns Masvidal. Burns Masvidal. We think if, again, if Masvidal wins and Edwards wins, they're going to do Edwards Masvidal almost for sure. Uh, will Bilal even be free? Is there a chance he can get the Colby Covington fight? I don't think so. But if that fight gets booked, that changes the the the, the math. Uh, Hamzat. Hamzat's out there. It sounds like he's done with welterweight. I don't know if he will return, but that's not official. 
He doesn't have a fight booked at 185. I haven't heard him. I think his manager might have comments on it. Uh, we haven't really heard Hamzat say like, oh, yeah, I'm only going to fight at 185. I bet if you ask him, he's probably going to say, I, I can do both. I'm, I'm going to fight at middleweight and welterweight. So that's like four things I just mentioned that we have to see play out in the future. Uh, and and if you're Shopcott, again, yeah, you really have no guarantees. Uh, it was a great win. Uh, super exciting fight. He was one of the stars of the night. Like it was just for a fight week. He, he did a good job too. He's coming off. He's giving off this really like cool, humble vibe. Then he steps in the cage and he's like one of the most violent MFers I've ever seen in my life. He he likes hurting people. It looks like he likes getting hurt. He almost seems to have this like half smirk on his face during the entire fight. As was, at least this fight with Jeff Neal, he looked like he was having so much fun. And uh, and I, I tweeted this uh, earlier Saturday, Mike, that. The way he choked him, like the pictures and the images sort of coming out of there, uh, they were they, they were that was a more dramatic movie like finish than the Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Jay Haran like knockout. Like it was, it was it it looked it we just hadn't seen a, a standing guillotine ever in the UFC that way. We've seen like bulldog chokes, and this was kind of like that, but this was sorry, saying a standing uh, rear naked choke. Excuse me, this was a rear naked choke. This was not really a bulldog. Um, it just kind of looked, it was almost like a cross between them, I guess, like a bulldog rear naked choke. It was, it was a hybrid. Cool. It, was a it was a hybrid, hybrid right? For sure. Because there's no hooks, right? There's no hooks. It's just, he's literally just standing. It was a bouncer Chris choke. Weidman. Chris Weidman yeah, nailed it. Chris Weidman, the bouncer. Yeah, that's what, that's a guy's, a guy's getting, being unruly at the club. You, you, you put your, okay, come here, come here, buddy. Come here. You put your arm around the neck. Get out of here. Get out of here. Sleep, sleep it off. Sleep it off, and uh, that's something we did. He made he made Jeff Neal sleep it off. It was amazing, and and I said they should use CGI, like forget the, the, what they were doing with uh, with with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal the knockout. They should just CGI his face onto Shavkat's face and just use that as the as the whatever the opening scene for this uh, this movie Roadhouse, where apparently he plays a disgraced UFC fighter. You just put that choke in there, and then you put an audio like, oh, he didn't let go of the choke, and like that's how he ends up getting sort of kicked out of the UFC, and I guess into the roadhouse plot hollywood you having this idea for free I, I you're still guys you're still they're still filming the movie you can have this idea for free i just gave it to you so uh i, I thought that was so cool and so scary and so memorable uh and Shafkot should should be a movie star if we lived in a perfect world so um but yeah i i don't know i settled on Bilal muhammad but that's that's like almost my default answer uh without knowing how all these other elements at, at the welterweight are going to play out and Mike, I remembered my thought that I had. It's 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 share it, I, please. I wish I I wish I wish I had remembered it five minutes ago. But uh, it was just one thing regarding Aaron Blanchfield, and that's that. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, Aaron Blanchfield's gonna have to fight again," and that's too bad for her. It's really too bad for her opponent. I would say I, I it's really not bad for Aaron Blanchfield. It's too bad for anyone that has to fight Aaron Blanchfield next because I'm picking her to beat almost anyone that's not named. Uh. I was to say Valentin Shevchenko, but I would favor uh, Blanchfield over Alexa Grasso as well if the fight got made. So that that was my that was my last uh, women's flyweight title fight thought. So we can move on now. We can move on now, and I can sleep peacefully. There you go. Um, I, I was telling you this before we hit record. I'm kind of surprised that the most non-memorable thing that happened on this main card was sort of the low-key banger that everybody was excited for. Like, Matush Gamrat and Jalen Turner was a scrap, but it was, like, the fifth most interesting thing that happened on this card, which is crazy. That just tells you, like, the memories of this card and the storylines afterwards. But Matush Gamrat goes in as a, as a pretty wide favorite. Uh, he gets it done. It was a close fight. He just kind of outgridded Jalen Turner with the grappling prowess. And 
Turner was in it most of the way. I thought he he had his moments, but the grappling was just a little too much. When Gamrot needed a takedown, he got it. And I think the big key to this fight was Gamrot just having that ex- extra experience. Dude's been doing this for a minute. I know he's a little bit newer to the UFC audience, but he's been fighting high level, pretty pretty good competition and big fights and big spots in a long for a long time. The short notice thing didn't worry me all that much. I picked Gamrot to win by decision. wasn't fully confident on it. Uh, but it was a fight that was really good. And I think even with the loss, I think Jalen Turner still got people excited about his future. But Gamrot is just such a stud in the scrambles and in the wrestling. But how does this play out? We're, we're in a weird division where we talk about ranking squatters. There's no, more div- there's no division that has more ranking squatters than the lightweight division right now because of all the names that are there. But Gamrot gets a big win back on track. He got the shot with Dariush in the fight prior to that. Where do we go from here? I'd like him to get the Justin Gaethje, uh, Rafael Fazeev winner. That fight's going down uh, 286, March 18th, so happening soon. So the timing would work out if everyone's healthy. You know, everyone gets their fights done. Everyone doesn't get any uh, unavoidable, you know, uh, medical suspensions. Uh, I, 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 I've probably matched up someone with the winner of this fight before. So I could be also. So either of these names, I think you mentioned squatting. Like, I don't want either of these guys to squat. I don't think Gaethje should get an immediate shot at, at Makachev if he beats Fazeev and vice versa. I don't think Fazeev should get an immediate shot. Um, it's, not, it's not out of the question. It's just there's other names at, at lightweight that I could see being slightly ahead of them. So uh, if, if one of those guys does not get a title shot, Gamrot is probably – that's probably where I want to go with it. Uh, it was a great fight. I, I saw some – it was it was just – Gamrot is um, – he's relentless. I mean, this is a guy who I, I said it uh, when we were chatting amongst ourselves that you cannot take a second – off from him he just always there's always something going on with him it's not he's like it's not like he's the fastest fighter but there's a there's a there's a there's a pace there's a pressure he puts on uh and he's very effective with what he does he's very clinical like he's he, he's he's very he's technically good he's not i don't say he's just a pressure fighter as in like he's like a wild man like a, with like infinite cardio he's smart with how he uses his cardio he's smart with how he he strings his techniques together it's really fun to watch and again that's just not where turner is yet in his career uh turner's a few years younger uh, has a few years less uh, uh, MMA experience, so it's fine. So it's taking a split decision loss to Gamrot for me doesn't hurt his stock at all. In fact, Mike, I was going to ask you after seeing that fight on Saturday, who, if you had to bet who, which if only one of them was going to get end up like uh, competing for a UFC title, or I would say winning it, who would have a better shot of winning a UFC title? I mean, would you pick Gamrot or Turner? Oh man, I'm leaning Turner, but I'm not all that confident this division's just it's so crazy and it's so unpredictable that anything can happen so i just think turner's physical abilities uh the advantages he have has like the reach and the length and and just being so big for this division i think that's going to get him a lot of ways and i think when the the overall skill set develops to reach that i think he's going to be just a massive problem in this division but yeah, it's kind of a flip of a coin, honestly. I, I can't really land on one or the other, but I would slightly lean Jalen Turner. Yeah, same same with me. I, I, there, there, there's there's his fin- his striking and his finishing instincts and his freakish size for 155 are just so intriguing to me. And uh, again, it was a split decision. There's there's a chance he could have he could have uh, won that on the scorecards. I have no problem with the decision at all. Super competitive fight. Uh, and there's just this this conflict of the damage that Turner was doing versus uh, the the how much control Gamrot had, and and Gamrot landed a lot of ground and pound as well. He ended he ended those rounds really strong, like not just in, in like 
resting and holding position. He was throwing elbows, throwing punches. So uh, for people who didn't think that ground and pound was effective, that to me was like the definition of effective ground and pound. So I don't know. You run that one back, uh, you know, five times. I don't know. I don't know who win who wins three out of five. It was a really great competitive fight. But if you run it back a year from if you told this a year from now, I would certainly favor Turner. Uh, I just do think he's going to fight for a UFC title someday. Just has just has gifts. Some gifts you can't teach. And uh, there's skills that you can teach that once he gets them, he's going to be a top three, top five lightweight for a long time. So I thought we were going to have a friends for a moment here. Uh, I'm actually going with the Gaethje Fazeev loser. Okay. Uh, whoever loses that fight. Uh, I just think either way, I, I don't think he can really go wrong. Uh, I think he's going to fight one of those two people that mm-hmm. are going to be fighting in 13 days. Timeline's perfect. Uh, if Gaethje loses. It's not like he can really say no and, if Fazeev loses, that's just a scrap and a half. So, yeah, I, th- I think that that's the direction yeah. to go. One he, of those he has guys. to be in that mix. He has to be in that mix at this point. Gamrot. Certainly. He, he, he has the reputation, the experience, the ability. Uh, I would, I think he'd be competitive against pretty much anyone in the top eight, top nine. So he, ha- he has to be in that mix. Again, apologies for the background noise. There is like a ton of people in this lobby right now. Um, like ho- there's like a hundred people down here. I didn't see this coming. And there's some music going on. I hear some uh, singing. Yeah. Okay. What's what's next for Bo Nickel? AK? Oh. Uh, weird fight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, t- please please speak. Uh, first off, let me say I threw up a new poll about uh, should Grasso and Shevchenko immediately rematch. So far, uh, yes. Jumping ahead early, sixty eight percent. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Uh, I'm all. I was late to the train. I think a little bit late. I don't know if you can be late on the train since he just what started fighting. He made his amateur debut what uh 2021 20 let me make his amateur debut mike all right what am i what am i missing here hold on let me uh, i'll look this up so we don't have to uh uh 2021 september 2021 uh made his amateur debut he won a couple amateur fights now he's turned pro 4-0 and just looked unbelievably impressive but i am late because again I I knew I'm familiar with the name, but I don't really follow American collegiate wrestling. So I see the I see the accolades, three time NCAA wrestling champion, but I don't know how to separate that from other NCAA wrestling champions who have entered uh, MMA. So I got to listen to guys like smart people like Damon Martin, people like that who to to to, to follow the hype. And uh, so I but I've gotten I've gotten on that bandwagon as quick as I could. There's still room. There was still room. So thank you everyone who let me on because uh, it is filling up quick. After Saturday, after Saturday, filled up even quicker, though maybe not as much as it could have because there was uh, a low blow in there. That was certainly a talk of uh, of the much of the result post fight. I, I kind of caught it live, but I thought like, OK, maybe it was like a glancing blow. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I, it, it's not going to get turned over. It's not going to the appeal is not going to go anywhere. I understand his team doing it. I don't blame them. I think they should do it on the outside chance that it works. Also, just let people know they're doing something. I mean, I don't think you're a good management if you see a foul like that. And you're just like, eh, we're just going to move on. Yeah, at, at least let people, let people know you made a protest and and uh, and that you feel that your fighter was 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 uh, you know done wrong. But even without that uh, that low blow, it was going to be one way tra- traffic for Bo. It's unfortunate that that happened, but I don't think the results all too different. Maybe it takes a little bit longer to get the finish. Maybe it even goes to the second round. I don't think so. I think I think nickel first round finish was written in stone. So I'm really high on him. I've said I think he'll fight for a title by 2024. But I might for his next matchup, it might not seem like I'm pushing him in that direction. But I want to see him beat a guy with more like actual a winning UFC record first. So I'm giving him the tough Jun Yong Park. Uh, Jun Yong Park 
is uh, six and two in the UFC. Again, listen, not the biggest name. I get it. Most most people couldn't pick Jun Young Park out of a lineup, but he's got he's got the experience. He's beaten good competition. He's on a win streak. So there's no there's no saying like oh well we're just setting him up with another guy who you know hasn't been successful because Pickett was coming off two straight losses. Uh, Jung Young Park just beat I think Dennis Tolulin. Yeah, Dennis Tolulin finished him inside of a round. Looked great. Had another finish for that of Joseph Holmes, a guy who uh, lost to Jay Pickett. So make of that what you will. And uh, and beat Eric Anders. So good stuff overall. Like I said, six wins and eight UFC appearances. Uh, it's been it, I can understand the temptation to uh, bump him higher, throw him in there with some of the top 20, give him a ranked opponent even. I understand. I understand. He's a matchup nightmare for a lot of names in the top 10. Like if you put him in there with Alex Pereira, we've all said it, he probably beats Alex Pereira. But I think something has to be done as far as building someone up the proper way. So let's at least, you know, give me three fights. Give me three fights. I said give him, again, top 35, top 30 guy in Jun Young Park. Top 20 guys, next fight. Top 10 is next fight, 2024. We're talking title shot. So that that's it. I I think there's a pretty clear path to him. If they want to push him faster, I have no problem with it. But for now, I'm just going with a, 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 someone that's a little bit closer to the middle of the pack in uh, Jun Young Park. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, yeah, that knee was pretty bad. Uh, there's a case to be made. You could just run that one back. Um, I wouldn't do that because I think the result is kind of what we expected anyways. And I think we would have gotten there anyhow. Um, but Jimmy Pickett, you know, to his credit, he took the fight, but he's the, on the lower end of the rankings, probably like the bottom 10 uh, of the entire roster. So I do want to give him a step up, not a giant one. And I like the iron turtle pick. I'm going with Puna Soriano, AK. Oh, uh, because, Bo, I mean, look, Bo's real good. Ceiling is high. Uh, let's throw him in the middle of the pool. You know, maybe still get his floaties on a little bit. His, his toes are just kind of touching the bottom of the pool. But then we could chuck him into the deep end a little bit more. But I think Puna's a scrapper, and Puna will, try, will go after him and try to fight him. Uh, I would favor Bo Nickel heavily to win that fight, but I think it would be like a good next step up uh, to fight a scrappy dude like that um, who has finishing ability. So that's what I landed on. Hypothetically, do you have Puna like what top forty, top forty at middleweight? I'll tell yeah, you, there's, there's, like six, there. there's like sixty something middleweights in the UFC, um, and Bo, you put in the same range somewhere in the top forty, or, or or you wouldn't have him in the top forty yet. I don't know where to put him. I'd probably have him higher, but yeah. we're developing him at the same token. So, uh, yeah. So I'll go with Puna for now, and we'll go from I'll, there. I'll tell you right now, I had him debut. In the ex- very exclusive Alexander K. Lee personal rankings, uh, this is only UFC only, UFC only, so that does not include like Johnny Evelyn guys. Like this is just UFC rankings. Bo Nickel, 33. I'm 33 out of 60 something, so not quite in the top half, but just to, again, I might be, maybe I should rank him higher. I don't know, but based on just beating Jamie Pickett, that does not give him like a huge UFC standing for me. Though, again, jumping into the 33 spot in your fourth pro bout and your first one UFC fight, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I have him above guys like uh, Barrio, who just won on uh, Saturday. Uh, Jacob Malkoon, Eric Anders has way more UFC experience than Bo Nickel. I have Nickel above him. Uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Yeah, I, I have him above some pretty good, more experienced names. So I think this is actually like a really high debut. But again, I don't know. I don't know how people handle their personal rankings or if they would even even think about them beyond like the top twenty-five. So I see a lot of people suggesting the 
uh, Andre Petrovsky fight? Maybe, but Petrovsky's booked and he's not fighting till he May. Is. He's fighting Armin Petrosian, so we can't, we and, can't and do I, that right now. And I think they fight someday. Uh, he again, he might be the option for the after you know my hypothetical Jun Yong Park pick. Uh, a, a Petrovsky beating Armin Petrosian if he beats Armin Petrosian might be the choice. I think. I think I'd like to go a little bit higher, but hey, Petrovsky would be five and zero. Oh, I don't know. I might have to rank him again, top thirty, top twenty-five at that point. And that might be the right name. So uh, I like what people are thinking where their head is at with that. And he's yeah, a great wrestler. He's a great grappler. Yeah, it'd be a good fight. Um, and who knows? If we can get Bo back pretty quickly, then maybe we can line up the timelines there. All right, let's go to the wild card round. I mean, oh, it's right. just getting chaotic here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so much going on. There's like a literal meeting of like. 30 women right to my right. So we're going to okay. try to go through this uh, as quickly as we can. And then we'll go to your picks for the, for the final round here. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we're going to pick one fighter we have not match made for yet. It will match make for him right now. AK, who's your wild card pick for UFC 285? Well, Ian Machado Gary. I thought he was impressive. I thought it was impressive. Mike, we, you had some questions about matching up with uh, Song Kanan, and, and there was, and, and it almost kind of played out the right way for you because you, you had said just, you didn't really see the point in it. And I think if he had gotten knocked out by Song Kanan, that would have just been disastrous and kind of would have gone to your point of like, this guy isn't even a big name. So like beating him doesn't do a lot for Gary, but uh, losing to him would hurt him very badly. However, the way it played out, him coming back from the knockdown and then, you know, getting a shot, he would look good in round one anyway before getting knocked down and then bounce back, continued sort of the work he was doing in the early in the fight. Great striking, very diverse, mixing in the body work. This is what people like about him so much. Um, so in the way it worked out, it, it, it you were right on paper. It was kind of a weird matchup. And, but the way it played out, it turned out to be the perfect matchup. So I, I think overall, great job, UFC matchmakers, on uh, the Machado Gary Song Kanan matchup. Uh, I'm going with Phil Rowe next. I just don't feel the need to rush him. I do want to put him against someone else who's on a win streak. Uh, I actually have Rowe ranked a little bit below him. But again, it's once you reach that area, they're all kind of like clustered together. So I just think Phil Rowe, good challenge. Again, I, I there's no need to rush uh, in Machado Gary into a big matchup. He's 24 years old. He's 24. He's he's not Conor McGregor. Listen, he's not Conor McGregor. He doesn't have that kind of one-shot kill power. He doesn't have that kind of sort of unorthodox or unorth like unique movement. He's just very, very solid and, and having some great, great, great training uh, right now. So he's with the right team. He's right where he needs to be. So he's not Conor McGregor. And he's also not Patty Pimblet. I think his ceiling is much higher than Patty. Star power-wise, I mean, Patty's probably going to be way more famous than him throughout their careers. But as far as actually being a contender, maybe getting a number next to their name, I think Ian Machado Gary has a much better chance. So I don't want to rush him. Phil Rowe, again, I know not the sexiest pick, but that could be like, I think that could co-main events, a, a fight night card. Uh, 
But I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I don't know if you went with a different name and a little more, a little more drama. Oh, I went with a different name. Um, Phil Rose, tough fight. He is. He's huge. Yes. He uh, inter- it- interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe think. I'm going with Cody Garbrandt. Okay. Uh, I teased this on Heck of a Morning. Oh. I'm, I'm fully on board with Jed Mishu here. Uh, Cody did. Co- Cody did not look good last night. Uh, I know he's saying he had a neck injury of, of some kind, but I mean, and, and I sure, but I mean, I, I just. I need to see him tested. Trevin Jones is not the guy to do it because Trevin Jones had a chance to do something here and he did nothing. Like he literally did nothing. Um, it just wasn't a good fight. Uh, I see a lot of people going with Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz too. And I like that idea. That is not what I'm going with. That is not what I'm going with. This is a very tough division. This is a deep division and it is a very difficult division to make any waves in and it's a very difficult division to just come in there and fight top ranked competition even if you are a former champion of a lower division and this fight was already made before it didn't happen but let's do it now cody garbrandt welcomes davis and figueredo to the bantamweight division and we do the fight there good old, good fight a big name for for figgy to get in there we're not pushing him too fast and it's a fight that's going to make Cody fight a little bit. And it's a fight that's just going to be fun. Like, if we're looking for a fun Cody Garbrandt fight, that's a fun Cody Garbrandt fight. And he could win that fight. Like, he could win. I would pick Figgy, but I just don't know where we go with Garbrandt. Like, we gave him as big of a step back as we possibly could. And he squeaked out. He barely won a decision. Like, he won, but it was just wasn't a great fight. But... Yeah, I, I just feel like that's where we're at right now. I, I mean, the last pick I had was Adrian Yanez for Cody Garbrandt. So I think this is still a tough one, but yeah, I think this is I think this is the fight. Just get him in there and chuck him. We don't have a lot of time left with Cody. Let's just see if we can get him back. Like if this fight doesn't get him going and get him fired up and we get vintage Cody in any kind of a way, like then we'll get the answers to our questions. Because we still have him, I think he's, I think he's on the wrong side of it at this point. But there are some people who don't think he can. So that's what I'm going with. It's it's him and Figgy. That's the one I want. Mike, you've said it. I know Jed has been pushing this hard on social media. Uh, e Casey Line, E Casey Line, the fan of the Garbrandt uh, Figgy matchup. I'm going to go to the people here, Mike, because the people are always correct, as we know. I'm going to go to the especially the YouTube comments. People in YouTube comments are a font of wisdom. So here's what they're going to. Here's what people are saying. Uh, this kills the Garbrandt. Uh, R.I.P. No love. Cody's going to get worked by Figgy. Bro wants to kill Garbrandt. I think bro's you, Mike. Uh, Cody getting slept by Figgy. Cody dies in that fight. All caps. Figgy beats Cody easy. Uh, listen, I, I'm not. Listen, okay. I, I'm not saying that that we have to listen to these comments. I will just say I agree with them. I hate this fight. I don't know why. It's it's been brought up before. Again, Jed has been harping on it for a long time. I hate this matchup. I don't understand why people want it other than the name value. I don't think Garbrandt can win that fight. Figgy to me is one of Figgy is one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world. And if this fight happened at flyweight, he'd be a friggin' minus six hundred favorite. So why does it? Why would it be different if it's at one thirty five? I, I'm like, I hate it. I can't. I can't. I hate this. I hate this matchup. 
I'm sorry, it's sink or swim time for this man. That's it. No, it's like, not why. Why does it have to be? He already kind of he already sank a little bit on Saturday. He did not look good. Did not look against good. against the. We, there's no further step back. That's it. Okay. Sink then, or swim. Then give him only a slight step forward. Why? Why does he? Have to, why, why? 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 Why do we have to go from Trevin Jones to one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world? He didn't earn that. He did not earn this, that. This is not like he's had enough time, dude. Like he's had enough time. This is it. Like we just got to do it. This is the we one we're gonna have, make. We don't, we don't have, have to like anything. it. We don't have to. We don't have to. Wait, why? We don't have to like it. What is the time? What is the urgency with Garbrandt right now? He has to like he's he just has to fight somebody that's going to get him going. I mean, Ronnie Aya isn't gonna do it. He couldn't he couldn't look good against Trevin Jones, the best then, stylistic matchup for him. What is what is Figgy gonna do? Like that's gonna get him up. That's gonna get him killed. He's gonna get in the pocket and have to throw punches and actually try to fight. He he that's not gonna end well for him. <laughs> Well, then he, they should just release him then because there's nothing else left for him to Why do. Why can't he fight Victor Henry? Why can't he fight no. know, Holland Paiva? Why can't he fight Douglas nope. Silva? De there's so many other people he can fight. This is, I don't understand. This is not a binary thing. I do not understand this binary decision making around Cody's career. He's only 31. I get it. He has a level of fame that like dictates certain matchups, but. I think the Trevin Jones step back made sense, and you can keep gradually going back up from there. I don't think there is a rush to make throw him into a contender. I don't, I don't understand. Why is he so special and nobody else is? He's, that's what I'm saying. He's not special. Why should he get the piggy fight? Why? What did he do on Saturday to earn that fight? I just want to see him fight piggy. I just want to see it. I wanted to see it at 125. I hate it so much. If it had happened at 125, wouldn't it, we wouldn't be if if this is a flyweight, wouldn't even be talking about this fight being possible. And just because they're both 135 back at 135, or say uh, Cody's back at 135 and Biggie's going to be 135. Now it's an appealing matchup. It just makes no sense to me. I, I hate it. I'm going with it. Okay. I'm going with it. As is your God-given right as an American. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm trying to see if I, I just. I, it's just too loud here. We might have to. We, we just might have to wrap this at this point. I'm sorry. I, I just got, don't want to pit people. Um, I don't. Is it that bad? It's not kind of that bad for me, but I don't know how it is for the. Uh, for but people are reacting, and I don't want people to have to like hear it the entire time. Just so complaining about everything. I know, but I, I, you know how I feel about audio quality. I know. And you know, I'm already. I already have to go through the headphones because the mic I travel with is just not working well. So I'm already like up against it here and I already feel bad about it. So, um, all right. You know what? Let's take some picks. Okay. Five minutes. Okay. We're right, going right. five minutes. Yeah. yeah okay. you can, you, send us your, I'm going to tell people, send us right. your pick. Send us your picks right now. Okay? Stop complaining about the audio. Stop complaining about the audio. Send Let's in your go. picks. Let's go. By the way, 75%. Send them in. 75% want to see the instant rematch with Grasso and Shevchenko. So, man, there you go. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Only a few picks. Simon versus the loser of uh, Gravely versus Henry. Barrio versus Eric Anders. Ian Gary versus Phil Rowe. All right. Uh, Barrio versus Value Anders. Hunter. Thank you, Dog the Value Hunter. Barrio versus Anders. Boy, that's a middleweighty. Uh, where are we on Barrio? I said the fact that he won and finished the fight, I think actually hurts his chances of being a middleweighty middleweight champion. I don't know where you found that. I, I thought it, I, th I thought if someone wins a decision, that that would make it. The fact that he finished, I'm like, mm, disappointing. I think that moves Marquez up the middleweighty middleweight rankings. Uh, so I don't know. I yeah. didn't know how to feel about that. That was very. That was, that was a middleweighty middleweight fight. Oh, my gosh. 
Like <laughs> a very, a very middleweighty middleweight fight. People told me I didn't believe them. I said, I said, no, Marquez isn't a middleweighty middleweight. I was wrong. I was. How about this comment? Mike Hackers is committed to the show as Cody Garber and is to remaining conscious in a fist fight. Oh, come <laughs> oh. on. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, look, okay. How about this idea? Cody versus Davy Grant. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Are you joking me? No, I'm not joking. It's a good fight. Do you that's, see how that's hard that guy hits? That dude hurt Adrian Yanez. That dude hit Adrian hard, Yanez. Have you seen how hard Davison Figueroa hits? He hits yeah, very at 125. Hard. I, I, again, but I think at 135, I don't think it's going to. I don't see a, I don't see a massive difference here. I really don't. Well, either way, Cody just fought. Figgy doesn't that's have his. Figgy doesn't have his. Uh, go but back like, to Jed Rebus. He doesn't have his fastball anymore. He doesn't. But what's he does not have a fastball anymore. So you, with this again, would that fight have been different at 125, Cody and and Figgy? Like Figgy I, I don't know. I think it would have been. I think it would have been worse back then. I think it's better now. I don't know. Listen, Cody got smoked by 125 or in Kaikara, France. So that's I, true. I, I don't know. I don't know the difference. Yeah. I, listen, I like the David Grant matchup. Dude, Figgy's up there, man. Figgy 25. Figgy's getting up I there in age. Yes. Listen, he's he's his. We've seen him go fight at the highest level with Brandon Moreno multiple times. He's still very, very, very good. Leagues above Cody Garbrandt. Speaking of people who want um, names and former champions to be annihilated and or possibly badly injured in fights, let's go to Tristan Gordat. Tristan. Uh, Amanda Hibas versus Tatiana Suarez. What do you think of that? I don't hate I, it. I, it's not going to happen. Would you? Would it? I'm trying to think. Would it make – that would be 115, right? That would make more sense at 115, right? Yeah, I, just, I don't think it happens. I don't know. Tatiana is way too hot. Like Tatiana is closer to the top five at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yachon Han spoke against Jessica. Andrew. I don't know. Maybe if it's not, if like Tatiana wants oh. to fight like too much. Shafkov versus RDA. Oh, oh no. The oh, name. No. The name value. The name value. I mean, a Shafkov's hu- huge favorite. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, huge. Favorite. Well, the You're- name value. I'm saying it's a former UFC champion. Right? I'm not even going to get into this. No, do it. Dude, are you going to compare it to the Figgy Garbrandt situation? What's the difference? RDA is going. Difference. RDA is going to get destroyed in that RDA fight. Has, RDA has actually won fights in the last like three years. It's not even close. You're comparing him to Cody, Cody Garbrandt? Cody deaded Rafael Asuncao. Like absolutely annihilated that man. How long ago was that? It's like two years ago. Three years ago, Mike. June 2020. That's, that's like three fights. That's like two, three fights ago. Three years ago. Oh, come on. That, that, RDA, RDA, is actually winning, RDA is actually winning fights at 170. It's not even close. You can't compare them. There's no get comparison. Off, there's Get no comparison. Matush Gamra versus <laughs> Gregor Gillespie. Uh, Cameron Simon versus Arichi Lang. I'm tired and stubborn, so I'm going to keep fighting this. To the, to, You're to not the alone. End. I know Jed, Jed and Casey are going to – I know they're going to be on it for the next three months. I just know it. Uh, this – he Tristan has a great suggestion here. This could be for the middleweightiest middleweight title. Mark andre Barrio versus Jacob Alcoon. That almost, is like super middleweighty middleweight. That's almost too middleweighty. Isn't there a limit, Mike? Don't we have to draw a line? Like, no. No, this is too middleweighty. This is pull it back, pull it back. That's too much. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, that's a good. That's a good pick. Uh, Tab the Ricci versus the Michelle Waterson Gomez uh, Pinero winner. Okay, I don't. Yeah, that's fine. I like it. Well, Pinero. Yes, yes, yeah. I like that because I have I have them uh, close together in the rankings. So Ricci versus Emily Decody. Don't mind that one. Yeah, I saw uh, a lot of that. That's very popular. DDP. Uh, DDP kind of flying under the radar uh, versus Jared Cannonier. That was. Um, Maybe DDP might be the middleweightiest middleweight champion, AK, because that, I mean, that dude is like, I, I don't even know how to describe DDP. 
he's just you just know it's going to be a scrap against anybody it's just like I, 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 I don't even know how to describe this performance I have to read. I have to read a message. We're talking about middleweighting middleweights. I do have to. I have to read a message from a first timer. I always like to do it. So CV, thank okay. you for sending your message, first timer. Uh, some pretty popular picks: Jones Stipe, Grasso Shevchenko too. Uh, but he was asking more importantly: uh, When are you guys going to release the weighty, the weightiest weight rankings for each weight class? That's a tongue twister for you. Uh, very important question. Uh, I will say though, it doesn't apply to every weight class, right? You'd agree. I, I, there's no system. I, like I wouldn't say like the welterweightiest welterweight, the light like it's it's kind of a back. It's middleweight. It's a middleweight and above. Okay, you can do yeah, you yeah. can do it at two hundred five easily. You can definitely do it at heavyweight. Oh, one exception: uh, women's bantamweight. There's definitely uh, there could be a that's, women's that's a good point. Women's bantamweightiest women's bantamweight. So there you go. But yes, in the, in the in the men's divisions, it's it's one eighty five and above. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we already, we're still trying to figure out how to like track Otno points at this point. And that was like, it's been like a three year journey trying it's, to figure that out. It's gone off the board now. <laughs> yeah, it's off the board. Uh, Bo Nickel versus the Gerald Mirachart Joe Pfeiffer winner. Saw a lot of that. Jeff Neal versus Sean Brady. Brady's got a rib injury. Uh, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty bad. So he's going to be out for a minute. Uh, Ian Gary versus Nicholas Dobby. I, I kind of like this. I, I like that, that yeah. one. Good, good, good pick. Very tough. Test. Um, Very tough test. Let's see. We are going with flow. Uh, Barrio versus Ian Heinish. Apparently, yeah. Ian's on on the road back. That's not a bad one. Good. Very good matchup. Jeff Neal versus Jack Della Maddalena. Okay. I mean, a lot want. of people suggested um, Ian Gary versus JDM, and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Please no. no. At no. this stage of the career, JDM annihilates him. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing well. that. But I like that Jeff Neal, man. Wow. Uh that would be super entertaining. That's there you go. It could be another 50 G's for uh for Jeff Neal. Nobody cares about the audio. Stop making excuses to end early. Look, I'm on the wow. desk no matter what. I I got nothing else to do for another hour. So I could sit here for another hour, no problem. There ain't no excuses, my friend. Oh, wow, it's like that. Come on, people. Shaf versus, yeah. versus the winner of Mazadal Burns. So I don't know, like how Burns factors into this because I know Shafkot does work at Killcliff, which means he probably has worked with Gilbert Burns. So I don't know like what their relationship's like. So I, I kind of like have pause with that, but I mean, if we could do it, let's go. Yeah, it's one of those big super teams too. So I don't know how close everyone necessarily is. It's such a huge team, and and Shafkot already said he worked with Usman too, and that uh, he would he would fight Usman no problem. So yeah, I don't know if Shafkot is like is super personally tied to those guys. He's trained with them. Like I said, he spent time with them, but he seems like he'd fight most of these guys if uh, he had the option. Masvidal, no. Masvidal's, if he wins, is doing nothing. Oh, uh, Masvidal, if Leon Edwards wins, is not doing anything but fighting Leon Edwards. There's no way. Uh, 100%. Ian Gary versus Jeremiah Wells? Yes. What's Jeremiah Wells been up to? I just, it's one of those fights I feel like probably fought re more recently than I remember, but I just can't. It's been, oh, no, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Oh, he smoked Court McGee. Right. We were talking about yep. we were talking about Jeremiah a lot. Yeah, well, last June. So it has been a long time. Uh, I uh, I don't mind it. I don't like it as much as some of the other suggestions we've got. I'd like to keep Ian and uh, Jeremiah Wells away from each other. Bo Nickel, Phil Haas. Uh, nothing else really new here. Gone versus Spivak. Oh, yeah. I saw that. What do you think of that? I saw people mention that one. I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? If, yeah. if, it just depends. Like, if we're, I would favor Gonda win that fight, but I don't know, man. Spivak is 
Spivak's tough. And the grappling tough again, battle. right? The, if if Gon's grappling is really like that, listen, we knew it was a weakness in the Francis and Ganu fight, uh, and but we made the excuse of like, oh, he did, he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared for Francis to grapple with him. So we're like, okay, give him give him time to properly train for a grappler. Now he gets destroyed by John Jones, and then you can make another excuse. Well, not every grappler is John Jones. Maybe it's not as as bad as it looks. But Sergey Spivak is a very strong grappler, and if Gon really isn't taking that like development seriously of shoring up that weakness. He could really lose to, to Sergey Spivak. 100%. Uh, best versus the Andrew Lee Macy Barber winner. Has she not fought either of them? I, I have so much trouble keeping track of her because she's bounced between the two divisions. Yeah, she hasn't fought. Yeah, okay. Those would both be fresh matchups, I think. Simon Kyler Phillips. Is that too soon? That's way too soon, right? But it, well, if he's allowed to fight like he usually does, I mean, Cameron Simon can beat anybody. <laughs> We haven't even seen him grab the fence yet. He's got he's got tricks. He's got tricks that people aren't even ready for. Fish hooking. Has he bitten anyone yet? I haven't seen him bite anyone yet. If he if he bites Kyler Phillips, I'd just give him a chance. DDP versus the Vittori Delize winner, AK. There's so many good fights for DDP. I mean, that guy, listen, I think he can compete with anyone. He just I just love how after the first two minutes of every fight, it's like, oh man, he looks gassed. Oh, his mouth's open. He's like kind of laboring, like that's just how he fights, man. That's how he his mouth is open. He he's a little weird, like not not quite like Keith Jardini, but he's just a little herky jerky with his movements, and he gets hit a lot. And it just always looks like things are going bad. But that's the Dricus Duplessis experience, and I hope it never changes. So yeah, I don't know. A lot a lot of ways to go with him. What else you got here? Bo Nickel versus Jack Hermanson. Wow. wow. David Sandine thrown right into a ranked opponent. Uh, what, Mike, what are the odds there? What's the opening odds in that fight? I think Bo Nickel's the favorite. How much? How much? What do you think? Minus 250. Wow. Over like a top 15. Can you imagine that? Nickel? Like how much respect that would mean if he came up minus 250 over Jack Hermanson, a guy with, again, top 15 guy who's been top 15 for like the last like three or four years. So much more MMA experience, and yet a minus two fifty line sounds reasonable. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, DDP versus Paul Costa. I'd love to yeah. see this fight. I Everyone just don't like this. I don't think it happens. <laughs> what do we think? What, what what's going to happen with Paulo Costa? Like, what do you think? Uh, uh, Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball. Who, do you keep? Does it, he's? Does it, he has one fight. Is it? He has one fight left, or he has no fights left on his contract. So he says. I mean, he okay, said, "This is my last fight on the contract, like three times." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already, so. Uh, but he says he kind of has like a ticking clock, but it's just a the UFC could just mess with him too, and just <laughs> you know, do not waive any negotiation period stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't think Paul's gonna be like, "Yeah, I'll fight for seventy-five and seventy-five against." Tricus Duplessis, although that would be a super fun fight. I like DDP versus Brendan Allen. Like, I, I'm yeah, cool I with think, that. I think I saw that one come up. I saw one, uh, Bo Nickel. Someone recommend them. Sorry, I forgot their name. Someone messaged me. Bo Nickel versus Brendan Allen. I don't know about that, right? Um, Bo Nickel versus Brendan Allen? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no. I don't want to do that. Mm. Nickel versus Terman. Yeah, you could do that. Again, that's kind of, Oh, Terman, I think, just got booked. I'm not going to call that doo-doo because I'm pretty sure this just happened or was at least reported. Yeah, I think so. He's fighting. What's the rumor? What's the hot rumor 
with a middleweighty middleweight Wellington Terman. I don't even remember. I can't even find it. That's how that's how just rumor is. He was by decision with the easiest money I've got. Listen, I don't bet, but if I did, if there's one thing I would have bet on in this entire card, he was by decision. What you been said that on the preview show, you said that is <laughs> that, that was your lock of the night was that he was by decision. What about MAB versus Bo Nickel? Yeah, yeah. Again, it makes this is this is where he is, and a lot of these names people thrown out. He's in this cluster from somewhere from thirty-five to fifty in the UFC. Again, his reputation and his potential clearly higher. We we'd be comfortable like putting him up against anyone in the top fifteen. But you just let's respect the process a little bit here. Uh, Ricci versus Hill after Hill's next fight. Hill the always avenges the Penne loss. <laughs> always avenges Jessica Penne loss. She is her. Yeah, listen, they are best friends, and uh, Angela Hill's always willing to do a solid for for Jessica Penne. So. Uh, Lauren Murphy versus the Maya O'Neill. Oh, we're not going to do that. Uh, Cannonier. Oh, Hebus versus the Lauren Murphy versus Lauren Murphy or Maya O'Neill loser. Uh, DDP versus Cannon versus oh, yeah. Cannonier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcelo's Cody versus Hyoni. Um, Bo stays in Las Vegas and fights Abus Magomedov this weekend. Do we go back to um, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker? I think so, right? I think so too. It makes. I was very disappointed. If I shouldn't even make this joke because no one's going to remember it. But when our uh, our our dear friend uh, Oscar Wells announced that fight, he announced it as he meant to. He meant to tweet Jalen Turner is uh, Dan Hooker is fighting Jalen Turner, and then he actually just tweeted Dan Hooker is Jalen Turner at UFC 285. And I had a big laugh about it. And I was very disappointed that we did not actually get to... I was reminded Saturday morning thinking about it, we did not get to see Dan Hooker actually transform into Jalen Turner on uh, Saturday because that would have been quite a show. So if we can make that uh, that transformation actually happen, then uh, that'd be fantastic. DDP versus Strickland? I saw that. That'd be like, wild. Mer- meritocratically, it makes sense. I don't want to say... Sean Strickland is not that fun of a fighter to watch fight no and maybe ddp can bring that out of him uh but i just don't know if because if he gets somehow sort of sucked into a sean strickland type of winning performance i don't know man that's tough that that just doesn't seem like it's going to be all that fun Mm -hmm. when we can have a lot of fun with ddp ddp versus like literally anybody else is fun and, more I, I, and I feel like Sean Strickland would have like some weird things about say about like South Africa, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I don't, I don't want to hear that. But, but, uh, but uh, this from Bullfrog Actual uh, would not surprise me if that fight is booked. Would not surprise me. Turner versus Joel Alvarez. Two huge lightweights. Yeah, put him in there, sure. Gamrat Poirier. I think they're teammates, so that fight wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And even Poirier could fight for the belt right now. Like he is in a position where he could get the title shot. Yeah. So I don't see him. If he didn't want to fight Benil Darius, she certainly wouldn't fight Matush Gamrot, but I think they train together anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because uh, he's see- coming off the win over Chandler. How, how silly would it be? How much would it suck if like Chandler beats like McGregor and got a title shot over him? It would just be so bizarre. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, let me see. Figgy versus Font. Font's booked against Adrian Yanez, so... I mean, could maybe the loser of that fight versus Figgy, but I still want to see the Cody fight. I don't know. I'm just going to be stubborn as hell and die on the hill. At this point, I see more Ian Gary versus JDM. Can't do it. No, it's too too much. Too much too soon. Uh, I'm trying to find some new. Put this one, AK. DDP versus Chris Weidman. I I, I don't know. I I, honestly, I'm really worried about Weidman just being 
completely like washed when he comes back. Um, we're talking about a coming back from his. I, I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight. He, it's, he deserves it. He wants it. By the time he comes back, he'll be almost 39. He might be 39, but so by the time he comes back, he wasn't looking like a world beater in the Omari Akhmedov fight. Um, the Uriah Hall fight, we didn't really get to see. It, it ended in injury so quickly. <clears throat> but even his most recent win, again, uh, about two and a half years ago, it was okay. He gutted it out. It was a clear win over Omari Akhmedov, but it wasn't like super exciting. So I don't know if you want to put him with anyone ranked. I just think it could end really badly for him and be super sad. So I, 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 I'm a Chris Weidman fan. I hope he comes back and is able to, if not be a contender, at least you know string together some wins or go out on a high note. But uh, I, I don't like that uh, the DDP matchup in particular. Is Treshawn Gore booked? No, and I had someone throw out him, and you're going to say him and Bo Nickel. Yep. Uh, yeah, I had someone throw that out there. Uh, I like I, I could do I, the Treshawn one's interesting. Treshawn's got a little buzz because that like incredibly weird submission that he got. It was like the nastiest gi- uh, gilly I've ever seen. Uh, Shafka versus Wonderboy. Come on, no. I saw people that. recommend that. I'm not no, entirely sure why, but absolutely it's out, not. It's out there. It's out there. And if you're and, if you're Wonderboy, uh, no interest. <laughs> oh, zero, zero. Uh, Ian Gary versus Matthew Semmelsberger. Fun that fight? is a, that's a slapper. Fun fight, but man, you got to be careful though. Like, it's weird because I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, if it was someone else besides Sankanan, but Sankanan has power. So I mean, he did survive. He did survive a knockdown from it from a hard hitter. I think Semmelsberger is actually a level, of, a slight level above that though. I don't know if he want, if he could survive a knockdown against him. But uh, like I said, you you got to start pushing him up gradually, eventually. So maybe, maybe Semmelsberger is the uh, the right pick there. <laughs> DDP yoga is kind of good. That's hilarious. Uh, how about? Yeah, Neil versus JDM. I, I do like that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Uh, what else? Trying to go through here. Uh, I mean, there's so many comments about me just being stubborn as hell about Cody versus Figgy. Now, now you really have to stand by it, though. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, in, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I, you have I'm like, j- I'm like yeah. Dana White right now. Like, <laughs> you already buried Francis on the way out, even though the world wants it. You can't come out and say like, "Oh, we'll talk. We'll call him tomorrow." Like, you can't say that. You have to just. You've already oh. you've already made the bed, so you kind of have to lie in it at this point, at least for now. Did now you come see July, that's different. You could you can maybe go through, but yeah. Did you see this just pop up from Anarud Gulapali? Uh, I believe he's a, a regular heck of a morning caller. Could be sitting, could be someone else. Ian Gary, Ian Machado, Gary, Kevin Lee. That's interesting. On paper, I think Kevin Lee obviously is a much more experienced and skilled fighter. But also, again, he's a little shop-worn. He's, you know, um, and he would be giving up size, I think, to Ian Machado, Gary. I mean, Kevin Lee is just never, is not going to be a big welterweight, even if that's the, you know, that's the weight he probably has to compete at going forward. Um, it's a shame the Eagle FC thing fell through because he was finally getting to fight 165 pounds. But uh, that's, five pounds makes a difference. That's, it's, that's a height thing. So that's not bad. That's interesting, and that's a name for Ian. That's if, if you're really looking to like push Ian Machado Gary's name now, that's the direction you're going. Again, I've just been going with the thought of like I don't care about boosting his name right now. I'm I'm with like giving him, um, you know, relevant fight experience. That's what matters to me, not the name. But Kevin Lee makes that's sense that. if you're going name wise. Who would you pick in that fight right now? I would pick Gary again. I've just kind of lost a bit of faith in in Kevin Lee's abilities to win like high level fights. 
but I do like the I do like the match again. It's going to test uh, takedown defense. That's a that's a big thing, right? Uh, I don't know if Ian Gary's really been tested that much in that regard. Uh, Kevin Lee's great takedowns, great jujitsu. So um, yeah, uh, the, the plus athlete makes a lot of sense. I, I like it. I almost wish I, I almost wish it's it's. I hate to say it, it's better than my pick. It's better. <laughs> it's better than uh, whatever. Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe's solid, but I think Kevin Lee's better. I saw. Um... Which one? I saw a bunch of people say Turner versus Moicano. I don't. I, I don't mind that one. Yeah, yeah. Moicano. Listen, the, the, there's some money matchup waiting for him. It's. I, I heard that or Gamrod. Also Gamrod, the one of the guys from that fight. I think makes a lot of sense. So the the, 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 the meeting of like a hundred people has broken up. So we can Fantastic. go for a few more minutes. Yeah. Uh, Esteban uh, Rubovitz versus Anshul Jubilee. I like that. That's sure. crap. I see a lot of Gary versus Bam Bam. Bam Bam's about to fight. Bam Bam's fighting uh, Gunnar Nelson. In 13 days i know the ufc oh, yeah. broadcast said d-rod but d-rod's out of that fight d-rod's injured so he will not be fighting uh yeah there it is okay we're starting to catch up here we're starting to catch up a lot of good Let's picks though. a lot of good see. picks thanks to everyone who's tuned in live and everyone who's listening to this later on the podcast but for listening this was a I told you, man, two, 285, a lot of storylines, man, a lot of intrigue coming out of it, a lot of directions uh, a lot of these winners could go, and the losers too, frankly, maybe in the wrong direction, but um, yeah. Oh, How about Mike, this? Mike is appalled. <laughs> From Max Rapkin, <laughs> Simon versus the 10-point scoring system. Listen, Cameron Simon, if you're out there, and I know sometimes fighters listen to these things, uh, if you're, if you're going to keep winning, uh, you just keep doing what you're doing, okay? I... I Listen, I, I'm an idealist. I get it. If it, if it were possible, I, I would wish that no fighter ever committed fouls, no fighter ever cheated. But I think him kicking Mana Martinez twice in the yabos and later poking him in the eye probably wasn't great for Mana Martinez's performance and could only have been beneficial to Cameron Simon eventually going on to win a decision and uh, cash a, a winner's check. So... I'm glad he's saying the right things in interviews. Like, I'm not a cheater. Obviously, these are accidents. I don't mean to do these things. But until you are disqualified, until you get so many points taken away from you that cost you a decision, uh, Cameron Simon, you're a young man who's winning fights. You're undefeated. You keep doing what you got to do to stay undefeated and to keep getting uh, keep getting those two checks. That's all I'm saying. I'm not encouraging cheating. I'm just saying. I'm saying. What do you think of this one? Bo Nickel versus Joaquin Buckley. Bo Nickel versus Joaquin Buckley. Good matchup. Bo Nickel, huge favorite. Uh, what did we say he closed at with uh, with Chain Pick? It's somewhere around like minus 1,400. Minus, like it was minus 2,000, I think. Minus right 2,000. Yeah, it was right uh, around there. I almost feel like with Buckley, and we always talk about it, Buckley like is really someone who's not, he's kind of a smaller middleweight. So there's just a lot going in Bo's advances away. I don't think it'd be as high as Pickett. I think Buckley has the name, has the cachet from that crazy ass knockout, of course, that'll last forever. But I still think Nickel, like minus one thousand. I think he's still in the, like, the double digits, like favorites or quad digits, whatever you want. Against to against Joaquin Buckley, I don't think he's that high. You don't think so? Minus like five fifty six hundred. Okay. So it's still super high. Still, but yeah, not not astronomical. But I don't know, man. I'm um. I think this is style wise. I think it's a great matchup. Okay, so this is, I mean, look, there. this will be the final pick. Yeah, okay. Um, and this is this is the pick. There is no other pick that is better than this. From the entire card, from the entire week, from the entire weekend. Jake Gyllenhaal <gasps> versus E. Casey Lydon, UFC 300 main card. Casey minus 500. Too low. 
too low. <laughs> yeah, there, this is where our minus 1,000 should come This is where minus 2,000 happens. Uh, Jake Jill, uh, the size might be an issue, Mike. I mean, listen, I, 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 Casey Line, pound for pound. I mean, again, it's a top, a top 10 pound for pound fighter, but Jake Jill looked like a bit of a juicy juice boy uh, at the at the weigh ins and, uh, and when he stepped into the cage on Saturday night. So, uh, but I, I, listen, I'd have faith in Casey. I agree. The odds would be in his favor. So uh, thank you, David Sandine, uh, for that suggestion. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't want to see him get smashed, but if this is what the people ask for, you got to give the people what they want. Uh, Patrick Dano is saying that Buck was moving down to 170, and that might be the case. But He's been saying UFC, that forever. But if the UFC called him on the phone <laughs> right now and said, hey, you want to go fight Bo Nickel instead of dropping down to 170? I think Joaquin Buckley is saying, okay, I'll fight Bo Nickel on a main yeah. card of a massive UFC pay-per-view, probably mm-hmm. International Fight Week. So, yeah, I think that's probably where he ends up. So. All right, I think we are. I think we are done. We have we have done it. Um, we have survived. I mean, we had a capacity crowd here, and then they just left. Uh, once, once they didn't. They they disliked the Cody Garbrandt Davis Figueroa fight more than anybody in the chat. No, I as soon as the, I brought that I up, they were gone. I don't think it was the pick itself they disliked. I think it was the discussion. I think they sensed the 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 tension in the in the community, and they were like, mm, uh, bad bad energy coming in from there. So I don't think it was the pick itself necessarily I had the problem. Like it was the, it was the yeah, I'm the digging animosity. my feet in the sand. You're you're all convincing me that maybe I'm wrong. Um, and even if I am, I can't admit it at this point. No, like I just gotta. I just got to go. I just got to go and and stick by stick to my guns for like another week, and then we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on to other things. Knowing but my luck, it's going to get booked. By the way, knowing my luck, I've, 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 like I feel like I've made, I feel like I've made such an airtight case why it shouldn't happen, and it is like almost definitely going to get booked now. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. All right. So you guys are the best. Uh, MMA hour back tomorrow. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, no doubt about that. I will work on the audio stuff. All right. I brought a mic with me. I promise you, uh, we tried to use it for the Q and a, it didn't work. Uh, so this is what we had to do. Sometimes you just gotta, just gotta get after it with, with what you can do, but I will make sure, uh, for the next live show or two live shows from now, cause we're already back in 13 days with another pay-per-view. So I'll be back in New York again. Uh, it'll be my goal by UFC 287 to have a traveling microphone that I can work so that these audio issues are no no longer a big deal. So, uh, but you guys are the best. Hope you guys enjoyed all the content. Shout out to Jose Young's, our boots on the ground, crush it out in Las Vegas. Uh, and then we're going to do it again, 13 days, UFC 286 next week, uh, a card that is really flying under the radar. Let me just pull this up real quick. Uh, in Las Vegas, not at the apex because the apex is being used for some other events that I'm not going to discuss. Uh, but this is actually better for UFC fans because it's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be at the theater at the Virgin Hotels, nice little intimate setting uh, with fans who will actually make sounds. Piotr Jan versus Rob Duelich, really. Earlier start time, too. I believe the main card starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Jan, Jan versus Rob, good main event. Nobody's talking about it, uh, and it deserves a little more, little more praise. Uh, Alexander Volkov, Alexander Romanov. We have Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. I love that fight. Uh, Vitor Petrino versus Anton Turkalj. Ricardo Hamos versus Austin Lingo. Whoa, whoa, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Vitor Petrino versus who? Anton Turkalj. Uh, Mike, what's do you, do you, what's his nickname, Mike? <laughs> I think you meant to say. <laughs> oh yes. I think yes, you meant yes, to say yes. Vitor Petrino versus the Pleasure Man. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Continue. I'm sorry. uh, Continue. I'm sorry. 
be rebooked, uh, rescheduled Nikita Krylov, Ryan Span fight is going to happen on this card. Uh, Lucas Bresky versus Carl Williams, JJ Aldrich, Ariane Lipsky, uh, Mara Batista is back fighting Guido Canetti, Tyson Nam versus Bruno Silva, Tony Gravely, Victor Henry, Carlson Harris, Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov, the aforementioned Davy Grant fighting Rafael Asensio, and SD Dumas takes on Josh Friend. So that is your UFC Vegas one card. Is that what we're calling this one? I am not using hashtag UFC Las Vegas. You cannot make me. Nobody can make me use that hashtag. I can't wait for the meeting tomorrow to talk about this. This is, this is UFC Vegas 71. I don't care that it's not the Apex. Come on, UFC. I haven't seen their official hashtag for the event yet, but I have seen, seen people doing hashtag UFC Las Vegas, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, don't <laughs> love it. That's an absurd hashtag. All right, so enjoy the rest of your Sundays, everybody. Uh, MMA Hour back tomorrow, and obviously we'll have a lot of stuff going on this week uh, to recap this, talk about the storylines coming out of UFC 285, and everything else. So for AK, I am Mike Heck. Always remember, most of you guys agree with this. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun on the program, on the podcast network, on on to next on the podcast. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.